For episode 37 of Squaring the Circle, we have another but a very different Creative Collective Mastermind session. We recorded this during the Mental Health Awareness Week in May with a focus on how we support ourselves with regards to mental health, but it just so happened that for the first time, it was an all-male group. Even with a seemingly progressive attitude towards mental health, I don't think it's any secret that men still find it tough to chat openly about the subject. So we saw this as an opportunity to share our thoughts, the difficulties we face and coping strategies we use. What you're about to hear is a searingly honest conversation where we all put down the barriers and lend a listening ear to one another. We were actually hesitant about releasing this episode due to how private some of the shared thoughts were. But I feel it's only with these kind of chats, gradually the dial is moved and the mental health stigma can be worn away. A huge thank you to Martin Wiskin, Michael Colton, Matt Reed, Simon Wells, Quinton Quayle, Sean Anthony and Nick Field for contributing to what I hope is a valuable conversation. Also, a quick warning just before we dive in. Due to the nature of this conversation, attempting suicide is mentioned and discussed. Welcome everybody to the fifth ever. Is it the fifth? Yes, yeah, the fifth peer-to-peer session. Um, and we've had a few people um, drop out and the people that have dropped out are all women. So we are completely top heavy with blokes, um, which is a first. So I'm glad we're recording because the conversation was turning rather sour. Um, so welcome, everybody. Um, we're going to kick off straight uh, straight away with the first question. Um, we're recording this on Thursday, the 18th of May, and we're halfway through Mental Health Awareness Week. So the first question is how we um well how we support ourselves uh how we balance the um our mental health in terms of um our business but also in in wider life because obviously there there's big overlaps so i'll kick off but i i i don't have too much to say in terms of i i feel like i'm very lucky and i don't feel um i i, I certainly don't feel like i suffer from or mental health i have like a, a good you know a couple of days here and there that i'm you know feeling down or for whatever reason i you know motivation's low but i certainly don't feel that um you know i suffer from depression or anything like that so i feel very lucky so i'm maybe not in the best position to to talk however um i do th- i do think that um it's it's a it's, it's a cliche, but sort of keeping it as active as you can, getting outside as much as you can, and also um, doing creative stuff as well, um, completely away from the business and away from absolutely everything, um, really helps me personally. Um, I don't know if that's if that's a good way to kick off or not, but anybody else? Oh, I sure. I could I could pick up on what you said there. Um, like you mentioned. Um oh, you don't suffer from depression, so you might not be the best to talk about that. I would disagree because of the angle of like, okay, you don't suffer from depression, and there, but there's a multitude of reasons that you don't, and a big chunk of that will be the way you manage your life, you know, and the way you approach things. Like if you had the wrong, in inverted commas, approach, you could quite easily end up depressed. So it's like you'll you'll be doing things right that you won't necessarily realise that you're doing them right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
um for me with 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 work i've i've just learned to only work in in a way that suits me and i am like i'm i'm being assessed for autism so you know i'm not neuro i'm not neurotypical i i my mind is set in its ways so i wouldn't say i'm like completely inflexible but there are certain things that i'm inflexible with and I know, like, if I went into a traditional nine to five, working for the big man, I'd end up anxious and depressed very quickly. Um, mm -hmm. I've never lasted in a job like that for longer than six months, and there's a reason for that. Um, so it's about um, working to my my strengths in terms of what arrangements suit me. Uh, I love working from home, being able to like, you know, like today I popped to the park with my daughter. Couldn't do that usually, could you? Um, and just yeah just swerving any stresses um obviously some are unavoidable but many are avoidable uh, and i think there's a there's a skill to that like seeing things come in or if if they do catch you off guard knowing how to kind of pivot away from them um so yeah things like that um i could go on about it all night like i said earlier so i won't nice well it, it's interesting isn't it because what what why this these kinds of chat well, weirdly, in a in a weird kind of way, I may at the very top. I was saying, you know, it's all blokes, and that's that's going to probably make this chat harder. Actually, I'm finding it quite hard because there's um because we don't generally have these kind of chats, do we? Um, where essentially someone brings up a subject and then and then we talk about it. You know, if you're in a pub or you're you're doing something else, these kind of chats generally don't come up if you're out on a Friday or Saturday night. <laughs> So yeah, thank you, thank you, Matt. Sean. Um, well, yeah, I mean, going bouncing off of that, actually, it's um, yeah, Matt. It's quite. I'm quite lucky with my friendship group. I mean, I, I, when there's all of us together, it does sort of descend into chaos. But when there is a smaller number of us, we do end up uh, towards the end of the night actually talking to each other about mental health, and that's the only time. I mean, if the last time we've hung out um, is in well, about twice in the last year, but both times we've actually talked about that and opened up and started speaking more. Um, and it's something, I mean, even I posted about it the other day, <clears throat> it feels like it's a British thing. It was like, hello, mate, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm not bad, thanks. How are you? Uh, <laughs> kind of thing. Even though you've got, might have 101 things like going on in your head and you you screaming you need to talk to somebody. But it's just that sort of, no, I can't sort of, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to bother you with all my problems, but it, you just sort of keep them to yourself. And uh, I mean, that I've been I've been that way for a long time. And uh, actually, I went speaking to someone about uh, anxiety and depression last year. And uh, she did the whole form and everything. And she's like, OK, excellent. Um, right. You've got four marks. I was like, oh blinding excellent she goes oh honey no i was like oh mm. god bloody hell um but yeah it's sort of through talking to her um uh, and being able to um what what was the way she called them so like there were imminent problems or yeah imminent problems and then hypothetical problems that you could then put off because they're not impacting life immediately which is something i put into business straight uh, into my business straight away um and it's sort of become more of a 
kind of like when you're trying to do Lego and you're putting everything into its own little space before you start building is how I do my day now. So I have to organize everything, get it ready to go, and then I can just build for the rest of the day and get things going on. And through that, I've managed, well, my, I find that my anxiety and depression is, is definitely, um, yeah, it's definitely been knocked down a notch and also picking up guitar literally well this week last year is when i started doing it weekly um and playing it regularly and it has definitely helped as you said then just doing something creative away from screens away from everything else in in kind of like mindfulness so I, i'm very aware that i've just yammered on so i'm, I'm uh, gonna shout now <laughs> it's all good it's all good who wants to go next i'll go quinton quinton yeah so carrying on from what uh, Sean said, I do very something very similar. Sort of, I compartmentalise everything. Kind of always done that sort of. Um, this is work stuff. This is family stuff. And I've been quite good at a kind of um, fencing things off from each other. Um, I also because I work by myself a bit. I'm an only child, so I've spent a lot of time by myself when I was a kid. Because only child and super overbearing parents meant I didn't really have many buddies when I was young. Um, so I quite enjoy my own company. I am a massive advocate of just like. Talk to yourself. I know it sounds weird, but just don't be afraid to, because sometimes it's very therapeutic just to sort of, when you say things out loud, sometimes you go, oh yeah, that, that isn't right, or that is right, or what have you. Um, but my top, I think my the, the top thing that keeps me sane is my dogs, because they force mm -hmm. you to go out every day, they force you to go out and see a bit of grass, and um, you know, if you get in after having a shitty day, they're just so pleased to see you. They don't care what sort of shitty day you've had, they're just like, there's my man, and they're just so pleased. And yeah, not to put a smile on your face like that. I've got a um, I've got a a friend who is, I mean, he essentially he's like a Labrador. He 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 doesn't overthink things. He he's got a job that is really simple, but he loves. He's got a wife that he loves. He just he's the the most simple man that I've ever met. However, he's probably the happiest man because he doesn't overthink things. He's just and and so that sort of saying of be more dog like just staying in the present basically there's no past there's no uh, future it's i'm on a walk and i'm gonna have a good time basically uh, and that's all you've got to focus on yeah. <laughs> sure so um yeah funny you said that as well because um uh, i think it was either on a um a, a post or something like that but um it was basically saying anxiety is all focusing on the future whereas depression is dwelling so much on the past so trying to be more present it does take the power away from both of those um which is something that i've definitely sort of taken notice of recently mm. absolutely yeah um michael simon nick anything if if yeah, not don't I worry about jump it in. i can jump in in that um in 2015 um suffered uh, a huge bout of anxiety and depression um that was um affecting at the time every aspect um of my life and it was only when um through work ended up doing a uh, a how to manage your mental health course of all things um and sat down with one of the counsellors there and she was talking through 
how to actually um, assess your life in the round. Um, and it's, it's on a podcast, you're going to have to go with the description as opposed to the visual. Um, if you can imagine a dartboard, the bullseye is where you want to be. The outer section of the board is where is, is where you don't want to be. So the closer that you are to the centre, um, divide it up into eight eight little triangles, eight sections, uh, and write a section in there. What do you want it to be? Your work, your hobbies, your family life, your friendship groups, or what have you. And then just plot where you think you are. And the closer you are to that bullseye is where you want to be, which is great. Uh, and the further away from the bullseye that you are towards the outer ring um, is where you, you know, is, is not good. And having been through all of that, I found that there was one section of my life which was nowhere near the bullseye. And it was that that was driving all of my depression, anxiety, worry, stress, and it was just one aspect, just one thing. And it had infected my entire thinking in every aspect of my life. And having that sort of cold start stock take of my life able, enabled me to, to focus on that one thing and go, oh, actually, it's that. If I address that, then it's OK. Things is all right again. Um, and that's what I did. Um, and the thing that was causing um, the, the depression and anxiety basically withdrew from uh, and it became not important anymore and stepped away from it, uh, which meant that it wasn't causing any stress or anxiety um, anymore. And as a result, over the next sort of fo the following few months, life just became back onto an even keel again, back in balance, um, for want of a better way of describing it. Um, but it was a it was a time you know leading up to that of over a year, um, and I, I look back at it through 2014, 2015, um, as sort of this very very dark time, very difficult time, um, trying to navigate a way through. And it was only having that clarity where someone shone a light into the darkness uh, and went, "It's this one thing. This is the thing that is causing you all the problems." Um, address that thing and all of a sudden life becomes back to normal again so that's what i did um and and it's just stuck with me ever since that process it has a proper name whatever it but i can't remember what they what it is um but it's um i i now do that quite regularly so you know i start to see my my triggers um my um you know, the, the, the cracks start to appear, the sleepless nights start to appear, whatever it may be. And you think, well, hold on a second. Let's just come back to the wheel, come back to the dartboard and just do a quick assessment. Where is stuff at the moment? Um, and that gives me the opportunity to just address anything and, and keep stock of what is happening in all aspects of, of my life that drives mental health. I find that maintaining good mental health um is an active process um now and i journal i journal most days uh it's not you know the secret diary of adrian mole uh for those of a certain age i don't write about pandora pandora oh how i adora um or anything like that um but it becomes far more philosophical 
um, about my approach and my thinking and what have you. And actually, I never know what I'm going to sit and write until I sit there and write it. And it's almost as if it writes itself. And just having that creative thought process and writing it down gets away from the the logic aspect and brings it back into a creative process uh, and i find that incredibly you know it, it is a great way of just dealing and processing complex thoughts that don't make sense and when you write them down all of a sudden you have to process them and they do start to make sense so i find journaling uh, incredibly uh, incredibly helpful but the other the third thing that i was going to talk about and i will shut up in a minute um, is that I, I do a lot of, uh, I've, I've been involved in a lot of men's groups um, over the years. And I run a men's group um, on, a, on a Tuesday evening uh, online for a group of, group of friends. And, um, and we talk about men needing three things in their life. They need a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to save. Now, taking the last, a beauty to save is not some dolly bird damsel in distress it's a cause it's something that requires you know something to go to go and save but we all need a battle we need an adventure and we need to go and save something and it seems to be something that i've seen time and time again um with men with chaps that it's very easy to get lost in the process of life particularly in midlife hence the phrase midlife crisis is a real thing uh, where people go out and have affairs and buy sports cars because it's a real thing. Whereas in essence, what they're suffering with is not living an adventure, not having a battle and not saving something, uh, which comes down to our sort of very core being as to who we are um, uh, as men um, in our very sort of fundamental way of doing it. And if you can find those three things, all of a sudden you start having purpose and value and you have purpose in yourself and you start to have value in yourself again. Um, and that is a, a good way and a good foundation of, of building mental health, uh, good mental health, I should say. Now I'll stop talking. Well, where, where do we begin with that? Um, so I think, I, we, I think we can all go home, can't we? I think Michael's <laughs> just solved the whole thing. That's it. Michael solved it. But I, what something that you said completely wrong, Drew, there. I, mean, I know that I'm at my happiest when I have a clear focus and a clear goal and something to work mm -hmm. towards. And that's why running a business for me is so helpful. Yes, it's got its ups and downs, but there's a clear target and there's a, a clear goal to move towards. Um, and it's not like being employed, essentially, is it? Um, it's 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 its own um, entity. Um, being so... being self-employed is an adventure. It's a mm. battle, and it is something to save. And I've found this an awful lot: is that people that that run their their own business um, are are often in a better position mentally because they're satisfying those three things through their business. The problem comes when it comes to the weekend and they've got to go and spend time with their family and all of a sudden their purpose and their identity sits within their work. And I find just picking up, I think it was, was Quinton was talking around about this work life balance. Um, I, I did my MA in, in work life balance uh, and my dissertation on it. And I'm, I'm not a fan of work life balance. It's life balance um, in that work is part of my life. 
my work and my life are not separate. They are interconnected. They are one. I am just one being. Uh, and work-life balance um, is a very management phrase of sort of trying to separate your employment from your family. Whereas actually being self-employed and running a business, it, it's interlinked massively. Um, so in, in all aspects of our life. Perfect. Thank you, Michael. Um, Simon, Nick, anything anything to add at all? Um before we move on lots of things to add um well no not much to add because it's all been pretty much covered it sounds like everyone's got reasonably similar experiences um i was interested with what matt said earlier on that um uh matt you said you found uh, the, the idea of a corporate job working for the man would sort of uh, accentuate your depression whereas working for yourself you find a lot more freeing and liberating and, and, and so on i've actually to an extent, I I totally love working for myself, but I've almost found it the reverse. So I, I used to work for uh, a nationally renowned postal delivery service, which most of you have heard of. Um, and it, it, it was it was dull. It was boring. It was repetitive. It wasn't my niche. It wasn't my passion. But it was easy. It was relatively stress free. It was somebody else made the rules somebody gave you a finite amount of work to do within a finite amount of time and they gave you a paycheck at the end of the week and it, it yes it was dull i wanted to get out of that for a very long time and i'm very glad that i am where i am now but i <laughs> i have found an awful lot more pressure anxiety fear worry about the constant fluctuating fluctuating income of of being self-employed time management all of that i found that an incredible strain and still do i still haven't you know figured that out yet and then when you throw into that a, a, a little bit of a health problem that i've got when you throw into that having a, a, an autistic wife and son who need a certain amount of care when you throw all of these things together i'm struggling at the moment actually i don't mind saying i'm, I'm struggling quite a bit at the moment um and uh it's things like this that help me if if we're sort of talking about what helps yes going for a walk by the river helps me going and exploring the hustle and bustle of central london somehow helps me it shouldn't it should stress me out but it helps me um going to see live music helps me um going in the backyard and chopping some wood with a sharp axe helps me little things like this you know i i find beneficial and there is such an incredible community online. You know, there are so many wonderful people I've met in the last handful of years through, you know, things like this, through networking, through whatever it might be. Um, I'm connected to more people than I ever have been before. I find even that comes with a certain amount of oddness because I've met very, very few of the few of you in the flesh. You all happen to live a really long way away from me. Stop it. Move nearer. <laughs> <laughs> um so it's like i'm more connected than i've ever been before and yet i'm less connected than i've ever been before i'm a voiceover artist so i sit in a cupboard talking to myself all day long i used to be surrounded by 50 odd post workers every day now i'm not so i don't even know what the point of all of that was but yes stuff is happening things are real uh issues are being had thank you for your support well, it's absolutely our pleasure, Simon. Thank you for your honesty. Um, a, a quick question about 
being being employed but it's but at least you know you've got some kind of stability there hmm. um and that and i think that's the ultimate benefit isn't it is that if you are employed you can have a couple of weeks where you're not really feeling the best and you just half ass it you punch in you punch out and you get paid exactly the same amount which allows which frees you up to deal or support the people you need to support in your um mm. in in your sort of wider life mm. whereas in like you said running your own business yes it's it has got its freedoms and it's got its huge positives but when your personal life is really struggling well the last thing you want to do is run a business yes <laughs> yes throw into that uh you know the absence of sick leave annual leave pension things like that you know it's it's i i wouldn't want to go back to it at all mm. i'm i'm so happy being where i am but that doesn't mean that it's not without its complications yeah it's not easy it's not easy running your own business agreed i think i think there's some interesting things in what, what you've said simon like I agree to a certain extent about personally, yeah, the structure and the certainty of employment is great. Um, but what that highlights to me is two things. Managing your mental health is a balancing act, first of all. Um, and within that balancing act, you've got to figure out what works best for you. And I'm, I'm sure if you ask 100 self-employed people, if if they want, um, you know, certainty and a solid income and all the rest of it that you get from employment, they'd, they'd grab it with both hands, all 100 of them. Um, but um, it's important to try and kind of figure out the way your mind works. And self-employment is a balancing act in itself. So it's almost as if, you know, if you're good at running your own business, you should have some... Um, transferable skills that you can apply to your own mental health as well if that makes sense you know what i mean the whole yeah. juggling balancing and um figuring things out mm. Mm. Uh, nick have you got no pressure but have you got anything to add i'm just aware you haven't spoken yes and uh obvious disclaimer at first i fall over my words a lot hopefully there's not too much umming and ahhing in this um, interesting hearing about other people's experiences. Um, I come from this myself as someone who um, was taken off my teeth, was once ruled not mentally stable enough to work um, in 2015 when I was taken off my teaching hours, referred to occupational health. Um, reading a letter saying I don't have the mental stability to work was a very strange experience, let me tell you. Um, and it was around that time I was diagnosed with autism and social anxiety. Um, and it, it helped make a lot of sense because growing up, I had incredibly poor social skills. Um, I had this, I was, I had this naturally loud voice and I was uh, so much more well-spoken than, than anyone else, but I really, really struggled um, with relating to other people and making friends and things like that. It was uh, um, something that I really struggled with. And it was a time, time like growing up in the nineties when very little was known about autism. So I was just kind of like a bit of a, low-level problem child to teachers and an idiot to peers and what I've realized over time you know since getting my diagnosis and things like that um and I've 
found that like a lot of other people, I, I struggle with full-time work. I don't think I'm physically capable of and mentally capable of working a full-time job. So I spent a long time lamenting how I totally suck at being a grown-up. And um, if, if a lot of people say that, but I'm genuinely terrible at it. And so, yeah, so I think, but what I found over time is that I've found is that since kind of like going into the education sector, I work a lot with um, students with learning difficulties. And I really like that I'm able to, to give uh, students who also are on the, are on the spectrum and have other issues opportunities that I didn't have and that's made me feel a lot better about myself I like that with the work that I can do even with voiceover work and things like that when you're working with uh, upcoming people and you're giving them opportunities that 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 they might not have had before whether that's through voiceover whether it's through interviewing a band on the radio um and uh and you know supporting people uh improve their education and lives in general so I think the main thing that I've learned over time is gratitude. And despite everything, I genuinely feel that I've been a very fortunate person with a lot to be thankful for. You know, I have I have a supportive family who are very um, who want me to do well and support me in the exploits that I've gone into. And. I have people who, you know, gen who gen take a genuine interest in what I do and you know I often think you know I'm lucky to have kind of like a roof over my head yes I still live at home but a lot of people don't have that opportunity so what I've learned to do a lot more is to be thankful for what I have got and I think a lot of people are not people don't realize what they have got they think too much about what they haven't got it's like why haven't I got kind of like a bigger house a more impressive car so I think I think I've I've come to appreciate the journey of you know moving towards having better things, but also being thankful for what I have in this moment. Because I think as a kid I I wasn't like that. I was always like you know why isn't my life perfect in every way, which seems ridiculous now, but that was my childhood self for you. So I think I've I've learned a lot more that the importance of of gratitude really really helps, and I find that trying to trying to be something that you're not is is a terrible thing to be you know and you know i, I suppose we have it in we, there's a lot of old-fashioned male stereotypes and it's uh someone mentioned in in the chat that you know it's like as men we don't talk enough about our mental health and stuff and we have to often suck it up and live up to these big strong man stereotypes uh piers morgan and andrew tate have a lot to answer for in that regard and i think as soon as we drop this trying to be something that we're not and allow ourselves to be vulnerable but also allow ourselves to be thankful for what we have got um i think is when we start finding that we're able to move forward a lot more quickly perfect um well said nick yeah that was that was excellent um and just just before we move on to martin quick and then come to you sean um I think that what what I was hearing there is when you were saying you were um, working with um, young people with disabilities, potentially, um, and because of your background, the amount of empathy that you obviously show them um, is going to be incredible for them. So, yeah, continue doing the, the good work, mate. 
Um, Martin. Hi. Um, yeah, this is, I, I feel, I'll try and be as honest as possible now. I feel really awkward at the minute. Um, I feel a bit like I'm withdrawing into myself during this conversation because I think it's making me think about this this stuff and I I had a quick chat with Simon earlier and was mentioning how I don't really talk about this this stuff much at all and I despite you know having gone through a lot of different bits and, and pieces before and um, which I won't go into detail with because it's it's long-winded but I think in terms of uh, the business side of things it like Simon said just now it's things like this I think when I when I first started out I was solo I come from a corporate working background and it was the company against all of the other companies you know they were the enemy and I took that into freelancing and didn't want to talk to anyone else you know other voiceovers like Simon and like Sean and like Nick they were my enemy because they've also got voices you know that's that's my work they're taking um so to to start with for for a long time at the beginning i was by myself and it was looking back probably one of the main causes of stress during that time so i didn't have anyone to talk to about work um so i think networking starting to network and shout out to nick here because during lockdown i saw him posting on linkedin talking about zoom networking and i thought what's networking what's zoom um and uh, nick told me about it because I've, I've known nick for a long time many years um and i thought well I've got, I've got to try it because everyone's doing it and i'm getting left behind here and it was at that point that things started changing for me in the business mental health part of things um and meeting people and talking to people all in the same boat, no matter what job you're doing. You know, if you're an accountant, you're still running your own business. If you're a mortgage broker, you might be running your own business and a voiceover running his own business. Um, and from there, it turned into to community. And that, for me, is is what, you know, that's my support is the community. Yes, yes, I've got a family, but they won't listen to this. Um, <laughs> community is... is is massive for me so yeah thank you guys for um for being part of it basically because i don't i think without it oh, i'm getting a bit wobbly um yeah without it it would be a very lonely lonely business existence mm. sean you had you had a um a point before martin if you want to crack on um, well, just listening to Nick and, and towards the end there is um, it just sort of reminds me like a couple of times I've had a, um, a heavy time of it. Um, and it's the it's that internal battle and the, 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 the voice inside your head comparing yourself to to what others present. And so you're there the whole time thinking, well, what is wrong with me that everybody else seems to have it? sort of all set out and all fine and they seem to be juggling fine why am i having such this problem and it, that whole time because you're not talking to anyone you're then in your head just and it becomes an echo chamber and louder and louder and louder and only recently um as, as martin said as well because like doing more 
networking and, uh, and and talking more to people as well you you find out how it is and it becomes the the, the thing at the moment is authenticity and that has that has been like an open like somebody opening a window for me um because it feels like you can put your flaws out there you can let like n not advertise them as it were but being authentic and, and and showing your journey shows that you are human you are flawed that you you do things and sometimes they're not right but they're your mistakes and you learn from them and it just becomes more human than just sort of like this obelisk that you see this grand golden statue at the top that you're worshiping and aiming towards um anyway yeah that's that's I, I i was only meant to say a little thing and i ended up going on so sorry um there'll be no apologies in this group sean um you you, you crack on um matt you got yeah you a digital hand up very very well mannered yeah, well, I'm not going to sit there like that, am I? No. <laughs> um, um, yeah, first of all, and this may not be true for everyone here, um, which is fine, but I can relate to everything everyone, well, not everything, but I can relate to things that, you know, everyone said so far, and um, particularly points that Martin made about community versus isolation. I think a couple of other people have mentioned talking and um, it's it's kind of said as a throwaway comment a lot of the time about like, you know, oh, it's good to talk. It's good to talk. And we're like, yeah, cool. We'll take that on board. And, you know, we we just let that, we don't take that too seriously. And um, the, the power of, like Martin said, community, other people, peer support, talking is absolutely huge. Um, and yeah, like I said, I can relate to things that everyone has said so far. Um, it's a it's a big puzzle, and as I keep saying, it's a balancing act, and it's it's a skill to manage your mental health. But um, if there was one thing at the top of the pile, it would probably be talking, and not not just talking to other people, um, but not in an isolation way, but being able to like talk through things with yourself in your head, kind of like um, Michael mentioned journaling. I've tried journaling doesn't work for me personally but that the the kind of core of what you know that's doing like getting things out other versions of that work for me and other versions of that will work for other people um if you haven't tried journaling give it a go you you know you you'll either go the way of michael and find it helpful or go the way of me and not but then that's one thing you've tried and then you if it doesn't work you move on to the next thing uh it's all a big experiment isn't it really Absolutely. I have yeah. been told that uh, Chat GPT can journal for you if you struggle. <laughs> That's well, it. What a what a perfect in joke that is. Love that, Michael. <laughs> uh, Martin, you got yeah another digital hand. Um, yeah, I'll lower it. Um, I was <laughs> thinking that because I I had this with with uh, a few years ago. I can't even remember the incident, but I, something happened in my life. And I had a friend at the time who sort of belittled the issue that I was having because he was having a problem that on paper was bigger than the problem I was having. Um, and I, I just wanted to say, because everyone in here has got 
all different experiences with anxiety, mental health, etc., that you should never feel that your problems are lesser than someone else's because they are relative to you and your life and not everyone else's. So yeah, don't ever feel that what you're going through is is perhaps insignificant or or actually well they've had it worse than me, so I should just suck it up, sort of thing. Um so yeah, it's all it's all relative and relevant. Yeah, it's a great point. Um Simon and then followed by Matt. Yeah, so um it just sort of struck me. So we're there are eight of us in this room. Um we're all sort of we're all connected by creativity we all sort of work in the creative industries in one format or another but other than that there's no you know it's not like we're here because we have joined a mental health group it's not like we're here because we have sought each other out in order to chat about this stuff we met through totally other means and then one by one by one it's become apparent that we we struggle with these things um so yeah and and that's that's a big proportion so there's eight of us here uh seven of us have have said that you know we specifically struggle with particular mental health issues i just did some maths that's 87 and a half percent um how many other people are there out there that are struggling with these things as well and it's it's a cliche but it's so easy to assume that you're on your own it's so easy to assume oh it's just me i'm just different i'm just overthinking things i'm just making a big meal out of it whatever it is no one else will understand what what i'm going through 87 and a half percent of the people on this screen or for the listeners at home 87 and a half percent of the people that you're listening to that's a lot of people who are going through mental health problems and as as everyone has already said men typically uh, don't talk about it very much and therefore we should um and and not only that but we 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 should perhaps be more aware of other people around us who might be struggling with it as well you know we all of us here we've all got great um what's the word for it we've all got great faces on you know we we're all on social media we all have photos of our beaming lovely smiling faces and this week i conquered this mountain and this week i managed to secure this client and what a fantastic life i'm living yada 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 but there's clearly some, something that isn't lining up behind the scene in that whether that is because we're all creatives and we wear our heart on our sleeves and that's just the nature of creativity perhaps maybe other industries don't have such a high percentage i don't know but it's just become really clear in the last few minutes there's a lot of us who have this stuff um therefore anyone who has it don't feel like you're on your own and look out for each other again I'm continuing to relate to most of what's being said. Um, Simon, um, you said you don't know whether it's because we're creatives, we might be kind of, you know, more susceptible to, um, you know, facing problems with our mental health. Um, And, I mean, this isn't particularly helpful to mention, but um, I'm pretty sure I've seen a quote that says something along those lines. Uh, Couldn't tell you what it was, where it was, but I'm pretty sure that is the truth, either way. Um, and um, Martin was talking, I think it was Martin, was talking about um, kind of uh, the, the perils of comparing, you know, your own struggles with other people. Um, Nick was mentioning earlier about, especially as a kid, you were 
compare yourself to others and stuff. And um, what one saying I I really like is uh comparison is the killer of joy or something like that. Um, Simon, you mentioned social media. We put happy smiling faces on. That's why I don't really like social media, which is odd for someone who works in digital marketing. But I digress. Um, I I I don't personally use Facebook. For some reason, I use Twitter, which is just as toxic. Um, but on the point of um, yeah, comparison and you know thinking, oh, other people have got it worse and stuff. I wish the general consensus would be, um the same as my attitude which is you know i've i've survived eight suicide attempts and people's reactions to that are like oh no you know well done for getting through that blah blah sympathy and stuff and you know i'm not bothered about any of that uh, and i don't don't want people to think that i've had it worse than them just because they've never done it or because they've you know attempted suicide seven times my attitude is that no one has it better or worse. We just all have it different. Like, you know, like you, you think about material wealth. Um, someone could have billions and billions of pounds. Doesn't mean they're happier than you. Doesn't mean they've got a better life than you. And, you know, comparison is just a complete waste of time. We've all got it different. That's all it is. No better, no worse. Amazing. Thank you, Matt. Um, Quinton. It was just a real point that Matt and Simon mentioned. Uh, I find my biggest trigger is social media. So I spend as little time on there as possible and spend a bit of time on LinkedIn because I find that's the least social media of all the social medias. Uh, but yeah, I, I find myself growing angry and like and uh, lesser than the people I'm looking at. So yeah, I, I tend to stay away from it. There's, just before we go to Michael, um, yeah, I, I would agree with the social media thing that what bothers me so much is um, when you when you catch yourself in just scrolling um, and and you're just doing nothing productive, even if it's on LinkedIn. So you kid yourself that this is for the business. So I, I feel like I've got better at that, but it still happens because the algorithms are so. Um, and, and obviously, if you're feeling a bit down that day, and you're comparing yourself to these the highlight reel of someone's life plus you you don't feel you're being productive so you get that in you get into that sort of circle of circle of doom i suppose so yes i think it's something that absolutely um should be looked out for um yeah just uh, on that social media note please follow me on tiktok <laughs> perfect perfect michael take us home uh, uh it's it's all kind of been said through uh, matt and obviously nick's put in the uh in the comments you know which i was gonna say which is comparison is a thief thief of joy um and it so is and and i've i've learned this the hard way in that um in the composer field um that i'm in if you look on social media there are some very very successful composers out there uh, that are absolutely living uh, a lifestyle that I can only dream of uh, and what have you. Um, but um, I've, I've since discovered through contact and what have you and getting to know these people that actually they're living on debt and they have huge debt and it may be this massively wonderful, extravagant lifestyle, but actually they're just living off debt 
uh, at the moment, which is causing them great stress and great anxiety uh, on it, which they know they can never repay, which kind of makes you think, well, they're not really that successful then. They're just giving the impression that they are successful, which means that, as Matt has said, and as as, uh, um, as Nick has said in the comments, you know, it steals my joy because you look at it and you go, well, why can't I do that? Uh, well, actually, they're not doing it either. Um, and uh, everybody is sort of finding their own way uh, through it. So, so yeah. I'd just like to say, um, like I always do at the end of these, just a huge, huge thank you. Um, I don't, I think it's, um, it's been quite powerful today, actually. And I think that the, the my, my main takeaway is, I know that if I've ever had a, a bad day or i need to offload it's never about advice coming back it's just about listening um and so i think what we've done what we've all done today is just sat and listened and i think that's that's um really powerful so thank you thank you everybody thanks so much for listening to this episode of squaring the circle if you want to support the show you can do two things number one you can subscribe and number two you can leave a review Thanks very much and I'll see you soon.